Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. The book of 1 Samuel is where I'm drawing your attention today. I love the story of Samuel. I'm kind of fascinated with it. Um, Don't worry. Don't think, oh, here we go. This is going to be a long one. No, I I just do. I've loved it for a long time, Brother Matthews. Just the whole concept of, of Hannah wanting a child. And she's desiring, but her womb is barren. And she goes and she starts praying. Does everyone remember this story? She goes and she starts praying. And she's praying so hard. The Bible says she's praying. Her lips are moving. Her lips are moving. She's in like an ugly cry moment, Brother East. That's what I, it's kind of the way I see it. Her lips are moving. But, and Eli walks in. The priest walks in and thinks she's drunk. And he marks her mouth. Means he saw her when I was a kid. I thought it meant he hit her in the face. (laughs) Actually, when I was a kid, that's why I liked the story. I thought that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But honestly, when you learn it and you read it, it's problematic to think that a priest didn't even recognize intercession. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening. But uh, he finds out what she's praying for. She's praying for a baby. And uh, go to verse 24. That's what I'll read. Because Eli told her, oh, that's what you're praying for? Okay, well, you'll have that. And she goes home, and all of a sudden, she's pregnant. She'd been barren. Because that's right, Brother Barkus, a good prayer meeting. Big prayers bring big things. Have not because you ask not. Verse 24 of 1 Samuel 1. And when, when she weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one Epha, a flower and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. Most theologians place Samuel between the ages of like two and four here. He was awful little to be taking and dropping off and giving to the church. The baby that she had prayed and sought God for, part of that prayer was tied to these words, if you give me the kid, I'll give him back to you. She's got to bring this little two to four year old child and drop him off, and they saw a bull, they slew a bullock and brought it to the child Eli, and she said, Oh, my Lord, as thy soul liveth, and my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. She had to remind Eli who she was. Verse 27, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, also have I lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. We're in, we're in uh, family month here in October. I'm talking about the family. And this Sunday morning I want to preach, my house is growing and learning. My house is growing and learning. Don't worry, it's not just for the babies. It's for some of y'all too. Because <laughs> we got some people in here, you should be to the meat by now, but you're still on milk. Yeah. <laughs> 
just look around like it's someone else. <laughs> God, we love you and we thank you for our time in this house. We're so thankful for the opportunity to come together on a Sunday morning and worship your name. Nobody here thinks that we deserve this. We do not deserve to be here. We do not deserve to feel your grace and your mercy, but you have been so good to us. I'm praying that you would meet with us for the next few minutes here. Help me to say something, not only to inspire, but to speak to the hearts and the minds of the believers in this house. Let every person know that we must continue to learn and we must continue to grow if we're going to be effective in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everybody shout amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. If you've got kids, you know it doesn't matter how old they are. If you got kids, raise your hand. Now, trick question. If you were a kid, raise your hand. <laughs> Some people are like, I don't. What's that mean? You were. I was, I was so excited, Brother Sleva. Thank you for that honoring today. I appreciate that. I, I was so excited uh, the birth of my first child. I was also a nervous wreck. Absolute nervous wreck. I know I had the Holy Ghost. I'm just not sure the Holy Ghost had me. And I was very nervous, like over the top. But I was so excited. We had a, we had a tough delivery and, and things went kind of rough. But he, and he was the healthiest looking baby in the NICU. Canaan was in the NICU for a while. I don't mean to embarrass him to talk about this, but he was there for a while and, and he was looked big and healthy and things went well. And after a while, we got to get him out and brought him home, brought him home and, and had those little onesies. How many of you remember the onesie stage? There, some of these babies are in the onesie stage. How many of you remember that, the onesies stage? You know, there's a point you have to stop wearing that. Okay? Had the little onesies on them, had the little, remember the little outfits with the feet in them? Oh, weren't those great? I've been involved with young people for so long. I showed up to a party a handful of years ago and they were doing this sleepover type deal and one of the boys walked out and had full feet pajamas on. I'm like, no. Go change immediately. <laughs> but I can remember bringing Canaan home and I was just learning the ins and outs of the dad. Most dads would love to skip straight to the wrestle phase. <clears throat> It's where we're comfortable. How many dads in here would admit, or even any guy in here, that can admit you were, you were scared to hold the newborn? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Some of you are like, I don't want them to know. They know. <laughs> scared to hold the newborn. Because why? You feel like you're going to... I might break it. You know, when there's a newborn, it's an it. <coughs> I might break it. I'm scared to, I can remember trying to work through that and get through that. And, and I had this one day, I was so excited to hold, the, hold him and, and I was doing this deal. Hey, buddy. Hey. I was trying to get a smile. Some of y'all are ahead of me. You know where I'm at. My wife, babe, I wouldn't do, shh. I don't think I would. Hey, we, there is nothing grosser in the world 
then going, eh, trying to get them to laugh. <clears throat> take him, just take him, just take him. Have these great phases with children. That's the, that's the phase old Samuel was in. Hannah's working with him. I've tried to really think through this story because I know what it means to pray big prayers. I know what it means to ask for big things. How many can associate with what Brother Barkus was talking about earlier when he said pray big prayers. How many can associate with that? You know what it means. Praying for a loved one who's at the very end. Praying for a family situation that seems like it's down to the last. Praying for big prayers. Hannah cannot have a child. And I don't want this to come across insensitive for there's others in here who that might be your very prayer. I want to remind you that all things with God are possible. All things with God are possible. But she is praying and seeking God until she gets a word from the Lord. But remind yourself with me, how did she get a word from the Lord? Eli said it. The preacher said, then as you've prayed, it's going to be done. She gets up and walks away in a moment. Wouldn't it be great if all you needed was a moment like that? You're praying. And somebody walked up and said, oh yeah, well then you'll have that. It's like she, all of her napkins, just, she just shoved them in her purse. And you know you've done it. Just walk back down the line. kind of looking like, what's happening? Oh, he said, we're going to have a baby. Well, if Eli said, we're going to have a baby. The crying was over. The praying was over. She just believed in the word of God. Let me pause for a moment on this Sunday morning and tell you and remind you, when you get a word from God, I mean, when you really get a word from God, you ought to tie a knot in the devil's tail with that. Because there is one thing God cannot do. He cannot lie. And if God gives you a word that it's going to happen, you can stand on that word. You can stand on it. She got a word. Two verses later, she's pregnant. You know. Two verses what was all this barrenness about? So you could know what intercession's about. So you could know what it means to hear a word and respond to a word. Because it's one thing to hear a word, it's another thing to receive a word. Come on. It's one thing for the doctor to give you a prescription, it's another thing for you to take it to the pharmacy. She cashed it in. It's like she walked to heaven and said, uh, one baby, please. I'll take a boy. Give him long hair like the shock boy. Give him just curly, good-looking hair. She's pregnant. She has already told the Lord in the prayer, give me the kid, I'll give him back. You ever prayed anything you regretted? <laughs> Don't lie. 
Think about it. Be honest. God, if you do it, I give it back to you. You're pregnant. Pregnancy test had a plus sign. Hannah's like, it's a real deal. Now all of a sudden she's got a baby. But she goes through the process of weaning the child. Nursing the child. Got to make sure the baby is old enough. Now I've got to tell you, while theologians might agree that two to four somewhere in there, most, most of them think it's close to four. I got to tell you this, but Brother Mast, I don't think that's old enough for me. I got a, I got a hard time thinking that at four years old, I could be like, okay, they're old enough to go drop off. Let me, in fact, let me talk to you on behalf of the Sunday school department. Don't leave them here. It's just a little, just a little disclaimer for the nursery. Take your kids home. We'll take them for a little bit. We'll give them back. <laughs> She's going through this process. Now, I'm going to pick on the parents in the front. When I say pick on you, I'm just going to use you a little bit. Because five families here, all five of you see it differently. You're going to see differently how to dress them. You're going to see differently how to feed them. You're going to see differently. Every baby, it seems like one baby can take this kind of formula. And the other one, if you give them this formula, they will have projectile vomit across the room. How many know what I'm talking about right now? Yeah, I can't give them that. Here we got the infamil. Oh, they can't take the infamil. They'll be up all night. And you know he won't get up with them. So I'll be up all night long. How many of you husbands have ever pretended you were sleeping in the middle of the night? Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. I know you have. I, I Jerry, Jerry. You don't even snore. Get up. <laughs> There's different views. We see things differently. We're going to raise our kids differently. Listen, we got to teach them, and it's going to be based on family culture. Brother Vite, the way that you raise sweet baby girl is going to be different than the way that somebody else in here, the way that any of these couples. And you know what? It's your prerogative. Don't let anybody else. I'll just talk to you five and try to let everybody listen. Don't let anybody else tell you how to raise your kids. Okay? Don't. Don't do it. You raise them. And they can be as different as they want to be. But there's going to be one common thread. I don't, it doesn't matter if they want to like football or baseball. or it, 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 I don't care. Whether, you're, whether you use this kind or that kind. Whether you start introducing table food. You know, that's a whole debate. How early should someone, someone to give them chicken at like three months? <laughs> they're not ready. Ah, they're fine. Sometimes it's the husband and wife can't get together on it. I don't want to cause any friction here, but... I think they'll be fine. It's like, it's a steak, okay? He's three months old. <laughs> Cannot eat. That's protein. That's good. Throw that in a blender. Puree that. That'll be. You got all these different viewpoints. But here's the thing that's got to be the same. Every family in here and every family out, the common thread is they've got to be given to the Lord. But if we're not careful, we think sometimes that stops with dedication. That does not stop with some celebration or some service on a Sunday. No, 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 no. Hannah said, give me, give me this child and I'll give him back to you. 
Hannah, you're going to eat those words. You're going to eat those words, Hannah. Because she does in fact have a son and she begins to nurse and she begins to take care of the child, but it's not too long. Can you imagine that every time she's watching him age and mama's in a way that only you can, watching him age a little bit at a time and Elkna goes off to work and goes about the day and Hannah and it was nursing and feeding and it was burping and it was caring and it was laying down. But every time she laid him into the bassinet, she was thinking before long, he will not be in my arms. And while it is our job to protect our children, whether they are young enough to be dedicated or whether they have children of their own, it is never our job to have our arms so strongly or tightly around them that they cannot be given to the service of God. And Hannah is waiting, in fact, for this moment. I've got to get him weaned. I've got to get him to a place of maturity. I've got to get him to a place of adulthood. I've got to get him... No, 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 no. It's not going to be 12. It's not going to be at this place where the young people are supposed to be memorizing the entire Old Testament. No, it's not going to be there. It's not, it's not going to be down the road. It's going to be at three or four years old where they're going to be introduced. I'm going to, I want to tell you something here, what we believe in here at Calvary Tabernacle. And I'm so thankful the nursery is opening up next Sunday. Thank God that the nursery for some of you moms so that you can worship, some of you dads so that you can drop those kids off. I know you love them, but be honest. Take them babies. Worship. Have a place where you can go and get a little bit of respite. But, but there's something that we need to remember here on this Sunday morning. When we, when we dedicate our children to God, when we commit our children to God, we are simply saying this, whatever your will is for their life, it's what we want to be done. It's what we want. Yeah, but what if my kid chooses to, it doesn't matter, fill in the blank. What if they choose to be a preacher? Some of you parents know you've prayed. God, let them do anything but go overseas. I've had parents tell me, Brother Carson, I want them to do anything. But. I don't want them to, I don't, you know, we got to take the restrictions off that. God, whatever you want to do with them is what we want you to do. How many know that with children, we have this, uh, we have this journey, this eating journey. Going to a restaurant with a baby, mm, it's really something. And every kid hits an age. Every, you know the servers see you when you come walking in like this. Sling, we're going to need a sling. We're going to need a sling. Now, when they're a newborn and they sleep the whole time, I talk to new parents that'll have a newborn and, and I'm like, how are they? They're like, they sleep all the time. I'm, 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 I'm going, enjoy this. Enjoy. How many of you can remember? Enjoy this. Those days are soon to be over. But you walk in and what do you do? You ask for a sling. But how many of you know when, if you didn't have a sling, what do you do? You just pull this out. How many of you remember the old, wooden, the old wooden high chairs that you turn upside down and put, yeah, that thing always looked like it was going to put this in here where you can see the baby, put it in here and shove it real tight. They're sitting at a table of which food they cannot process. Stick with me for a second. They're sitting at a table of which food they cannot process. 
But most times, and in Hannah's case, the food that they're going to process is based on what mama puts in her. Remember my, ma- my wife saying, no, I can't eat that because the baby will. I can't eat that. I can't eat that because of nursing. I can't eat that. And I'm going to tell you the same is true as you are not only physically, but spiritually. What we ingest as parents affects our whole family. What we take in affects them. Well, it's not them consuming it. No, it is them consuming it because what you consume affects them. What you consume affects them. Now, if you know your child is allergic, if your child's on formula, and you know my my second son, Carver, he was extremely, extremely allergic during his first year to certain types of formula, certain types of milk and dairy, and so we couldn't get it. There was never going to be a night where I was like, I'm just too tired, just give him the other. He He would get viciously ill. And it would wait until it got to the lower intestine. I don't understand what it was, how the allergy worked. But about six hours later, after he ate that which he was allergic to, about six hours later, his eyes would begin to roll back in his head. He would begin to choke and get sick. That's scary, isn't it? Yes, it was. And there's no time, parents hear me, but not just parents of the newborns, parents in this congregation hear me and remind yourself with me. There was not one time, Brother Shant, that I thought it's too late to go to the market, let's just give him something and we'll deal with the repercussions. We've got a world full of people that are not concerned about doing the right thing up front and just allowing their children to suffer the repercussions. Well, as long as it doesn't affect me, we, God forbid that be in our world. And God forbid that be in the church. Well, it doesn't affect me. If it affects your children, it affects you. And if it affects your family, it affects you. But we move, we move past this and we get into the high chair. Oh, there's a reason this thing's plastic. This is called wipe down quality. You know, just like me, just like the little dude on the screen, this most days needs a garden hose when you're done. Mincing things up. Gerber Baby food, that's not a recommendation, it's just a memory. Here we go, some of you are organic everything. (laughs) Some of you are the cheapest, whatever's the cheapest. Give me the cheapest. But you put them in there. How many remember the phase of letting them try to do the spoon? And they're mad if they don't have it. Here, let me feed. Bring it to their face. You get a little frustrated, you just want to wipe it on there? Just eat it. Eat it. Eat it. You remember. You know. You did that. That is not abuse. You did that. <laughs> Trying to get, and let them hold the, hold the spoon. And you kind of watch. And if you're, a, if you're a clean person, like neat, that... Some of you, be honest right now. When you saw that picture, you're like, I can't focus the whole time today. I can't. I don't care what he preaches. I can't focus the whole time. Because the thought of that all up on his face and the food. What are we doing? We're letting them learn. Dexterity, mobility, 
swallowing. They're bringing it to their face. How, you ever wonder, how can they not hit their mouth? How can you not hit your mouth? Brother Ben, do you ever deal with this? Just, it's right, right here. You ain't going to go in your eyeball. And you're so proud when they actually hit their mouth. Like when they hit the right spot, like they put it. You want to tell people. Got it in their mouth. Yeah, I got it. My boy might be a pilot. It's like, it's like one out of 20. Like one, every other thing. Somebody got it in his ear. He's got more in his ear than in his mouth. And he's going to be a pilot. But over time, and I don't know how it happens because most of us, we, we lose it. Over time, we lose it. We, we, we don't see it. At, but, but over time, they start getting closer and closer. You watch them through that phase where they're falling asleep, still eating. Like some of us adults. And they're getting through it. And then comes the bombo or the, or the, the high chair. Get out of it. They don't want to be in that. This is like a prison to them. Right? When they get old enough that they can unclip it, it's time. Okay? It's about the same time that they start crawling out of the, the little bed that they've got. And then they get in the high chair. This right, here is, this right here is a dangerous time for parents. Thank God there's a strap on this one. Ours never had a strap. Took it in, set it down in a restaurant. Next thing you know, the worst thing in the world was to be at a restaurant and look over and they're gone. <laughs> Where'd they go? Don't worry, 90% of the time they're under the booth with all the ugh. But that's like a fort, right? That's like an early start to the men's camping retreat. That's this right here. We're teaching them. We're teaching them, get a seat. You get the seat at the big table, right? At the big table in a booster until they start hating the booster. How many know there's only so long you can keep them in this? There's only so long you can keep them in this because you, you can't carry them. At a certain point, you're like, you got to learn to walk. You got to. Mommy's tired. Most mothers during that first year, like their right or left bicep is twice as big as the other one. Right? Like, what kind of steroids are you on? Then there's only so long they can sit in this. And there's only so long they can sit in this. But each one of them is a phase. We're walking them physically down the next place. I'll tell you what we're doing. We're preparing them for things like are coming up for Thanksgiving. We're getting them ready for the place where they can sit at the table on their own. How many remember sitting at the kids' table at holidays? You get to sit at the kids' table. And it's always like the main table is right here. The entire smorgasbord of food. Everything. All the chicken, all the turkey, all the stuffing. And then the kids' table is like down the block Turn left at the stop sign. When you get to the neighbor's garage, go in. Then there's a cellar door on the side. Go in that cellar. That's where the kid's table is. No, that's how it felt. We're walking them through the process. Why? 
We're teaching them how to eat. We're teaching them. Hannah was getting Samuel to a place where if I'm going to dedicate him to the service of the Lord, I need to make sure that he has grown beyond the childhood restrictions of consumption because he will not be good to the service of the Lord if he cannot consume greater things than an infant can consume. Okay? Here we go. Parents, newborns especially, there's a certain age we got to stop babying our kids. Yes, there is. There is at a certain point where we have to stop babying them, especially in the things of the Lord. And now I'm going to reach beyond just our new parents, and I want every parent in here, every student in here, every young adult in here that agrees with me right now to say amen. We at some point must get beyond the sincere milk of the Word. We need the sincere milk and visitors that come in and new believers. We need them to have the sincere milk. Just like a child in the things of God. We need to desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby as according to the book of Psalms. We need that. That's, a, that's correct. We need that. Yes, we do. But the Bible gives us this trajectory about His Word. It later would say that His, Oh, how, how sweet is Thy Word unto my taste. It's like honey unto my lips. I've got this trajectory in the Word of God. I've, I've moved past it and now substance. A great little note for you if you're ever fasting and you feel like you get a little lightheaded. If you take honey and you begin to take honey, it's a natural carbohydrate. It'll put those shakes and chills aside and it'll help you to continue on with your fasting. It's actually, it, it's a medicinal property, but it speaks to the progression of the Word of God and the growth of a mature Christian. We cannot be fully mature Christians that still drink the Word from a bottle. Anybody remember getting a little older and you... Now listen, maybe you never did this. I tried to drink from a bottle when I had kids. I wanted to test how hot is it. I know some do the arm thing. I thought I might as well get a swig. You cannot, you cannot quench your thirst as an adult from a bottle. You, I don't care how good. You can't get anything out of that. Barely getting anything in your mouth. Thank God for the sincere word, milk of the Word. But ladies and gentlemen, thank God that we don't have to stop at that process. Thank God that then I can move to the next place of substance where the Word begins to come more to me and begins to reach to me beyond just that. And, and later in the book of John, He begins to reveal His Word as bread. How many have heard it called the bread of life? I cannot give my infant bread. No matter how much you'd like to, save money on groceries, go get a loaf of bread. They can't consume that yet. But they get to a certain place in life, whether you got to get gluten-free or the real thing, you give them that bread and they're able to feast on it. There is a progression from seat to seat from a child. There is a progression in the life of a believer and our homes. If we're not careful, we got entire homes where we live in big homes and drive nice vehicles, but we ain't got anything but milk in our spiritual fridges. We got huge DVD collections, but not one of our kids can find their Bible. Come on, I'm trying to be real. Where the rubber meets the road here right now. They haven't missed a soccer practice in two years, but they haven't made a youth prayer in two years. That's milk in the fridge. 
That's formula in the fridge. And I'm telling you, there is a progression in this. I believe that, yes, there's a time for them to be infants. There's a time for car seats. But we've got to get them on a trajectory into the youth choir. And we've got to get them on a trajectory into the orchestra. We've got to get them on... I believe some of these babies, if God tarries, they're going to be standing behind podiums like this and preaching the Word of God and teaching the Word of God. But it will not happen if we keep Samuel at home. And ultimately, he looked at the disciples. He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. There's things in me that you cannot even consume. You cannot mentally consume it. You cannot spiritually consume it. You're not prepared. You're not ready. But here it is, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to learn together and we've got to grow together. And yes, I'm harping on it, but I'm going to harp on it all month long. I'm going to tell you, we've got to get the Bible back in the house. We have got to get the Bible back in the house. We have got, I'm going to say it again. We've got to get the Bible back in the house. And not as a dust collector. We think that Bible quizzing is just for competition. My kid's not really a Bible quizzer. I've had people say that. My kid's not really. Can't really do all that. Memorizing. Really? You ever heard them talk sports stats? They got a sharp mind. Come on, I'm just trying to be real. I'm just trying to be real. They can be a great kid. You don't have to be a Bible quizzer. That's not pressure. I'm not putting pressure on you. I'm not trying to put pressure on our families. But I am saying we got to get, get from milk to honey, to, from honey to bread. We got to get from bread to meat. If still the only scriptures that we can quote, and I'm talking to the adults too, if still the only scriptures that we can quote are the same ones we could quote when we were in Sunday school. Well, I can quote Acts 2.38. You've been able to quote Acts 2.38 for 40 years. I can quote Hebrews. I can get to 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. That's great. I'm not getting on you. Listen, I love it. I'm thankful for it. But we got to continue to grow. And we got to continue to learn. Because Sister Shunk, he's a tank already. But before long, carrying him around is going to be a challenge. Right? How many know it's going to be a challenge? trying to find one of my kids so what I'm about to do isn't super awkward. Where's one of my boys? Stand up. One of my sons. Do I have any sons in here? Oh, they're out. I'm sorry. Lincoln, come here. You're the closest thing. And you're huge. God help me. Canaan's out. Come here. Come here. This is my buddy, Lincoln Enzi. Now I'm going to tell you, at some point, sorry bud, give me your hand. At some point, this gets awkward. How many know that's the truth? At some point, this gets awkward. But I watch parents do this, Brother Galleon, just you and me talk for a second. We watch parents do this thing right here. Carry their babies. Don't you, don't you try to, inst don't you dare. This is my baby. <laughs> don't you dare expect more out of him. That's what we do. Grown me, he's taller than me. He's taller than I am. You know how heavy he's getting? <laughs> Carry him around. Brother Titus, I don't want anybody to talk about my family. Don't you mess with my kid. Don't you pick on my children. Don't you expect them. 
Moms and dads, us carrying around grown kids acting like they ought to still be on a bottle. At some point, I got to say, walk on your own. What age is that? Now listen, we're laughing because he's this. Hannah, at four years old, said God. Here, Eli. What kind of torture must it have been? Not at 16, at four. At four. Because we dedicated these babies right here to God. But I'm going to tell you, there's a day he's coming back for that. He's going to come back for Rosa. He's going to say, you told me. You, you told me that they were mine. There's a, day, there's a day that God is going to cash in on that promise. For you, it's about to come because you're headed to D.C. And I don't know what, the, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the future is. I, I don't know when the day, but I believe there's going to be a day when she walks up to you and tears streaming down her eyes. And she says, Daddy, I think I want to be baptized. How does it work? I'll tell you how it works. It works by us putting it in the hands of the Lord. And then whether they're four or 16, no matter when and where that is, we expect them based on the level of their maturity to continue growing and continue thriving. Can I tell you from our youngest all the way up to our elders, we do not age out of growing in God. Come on, can you receive that from me right now? I can I've been preaching for 20 years. I cannot find the depth of him. I cannot find the height of him. I cannot find the width of him. I can't stop learning about him. I can't stop growing in him. I cannot stop. I don't want the milk anymore. I want to go on into new things of the. So it causes me, listen, it causes me to challenge my own family culture. Well, we don't do things that way. Maybe you didn't. But don't live vicariously through them. What if my dad, what if my dad, who is a welder and a pipe fitter his whole life, would have looked at me and said, we're not preachers. Because there's some who probably thought he should have. But he didn't decide that because he wasn't a preacher, I could not listen to the voice of God. You know why Samuel was able to learn the voice of God? Why Samuel laying in that bed would run into Eli time after time. And he said, did you call me? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And it happened again. And he ran into Eli. Did, did you call me? He said, I didn't call you. Go back. Until Eli recognized what was happening and said, Samuel, you're hearing the voice of the Lord. Next time I want you to say, speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. The only reason that Samuel... The only reason that Samuel learns familiarity with the voice of God is because his parents brought him to church. I'll, I'll stop soon, but I'm going to tell you what they did. They brought him to church without restrictions. They brought him to church without restrictions. They dropped him at the church without restrictions. Not we believe some, but not that. We trust them, but we don't trust them. We like that group, but we don't like that group. We sit in this zip code, but we don't associate with that zip code. 
That's not what he said. They just brought him to the house. You gave us the child. You gave us the baby. And parents here that are dedicating, but some of you that dedicated yours years ago, and they're hitting 12 and 13, and some of them are 18, and some of them are about to get married themselves, and the whole, the whole month consumed with family. Here we are, whether they are a child, or whether they're a preteen, whether they're a toddler, or whether they're having toddlers of their own. We've got to come together and say, God, let your will be done. God, let them hear from you. Let them know your voice. Let them know your word. Let them know your will. I want Sullivan to be able to know what it means to hear the Word and the voice of God. I want them to know what it means. Why does that matter? Because in the world of chaos we're living in, if our children don't know how to discern the voice of God, they're, got, they're not going to know what's right and what's wrong. How many of you in the room, how many elders will help me? You never could have imagined 20 years ago our world would look like this. B, come on, raise your hand. How many know that right now, teenagers, please hear pastor right now, if there has ever been a day we needed you to be able to discern the voice of God, it is now. It is now. Brother Jordan, I bet you never would have dreamed when, we, when you were leading that youth choir all those years ago what the state of our world could look like right now. We never would have dreamed that we'd be fighting some of these battles, dealing with some of the things. It was easier to hear from God. But we're in a place right now where you've got to be able to turn off the noise and you've got to be able to sift through all the garbage. And I believe, listen, I believe teenagers, I believe 12, 13, 14 year olds, can, they don't need mom to tell them at this point. They don't need their pastor or youth pastor to, they can just say, I hear the voice of the Lord. I, I see it in the Word of God. I, I know that these things are right and these things are wrong. I can hear the clear voice of God. But if we believe that they can hear it, I cannot imagine the environment they're going to live in. I'm praying against it. I'm seeking God with you. And I don't know how quick the Lord is to return. But parents... If we get 15 years down the road and they're, they're hot in the middle of the youth group, I'm telling you the trajectory you set right now. It's going to matter whether or not they get to that place. Brother Ingram, they got to get through kids' church. They got to get into that place where they're just a little child. They're just, just a kid. Why are we trying to have powerful altar calls in there? I'll tell you why. We want them to feel God. We want them to. We want them to know the presence of God. Feel the, so that we don't have to carry our big old kids in and teach them how to play church because we never let them have church for themselves. Yeah. I don't need them. Listen, we cannot have a church full of students that learn how to shout when we say shout and jump when we say jump and pray when we say pray and seek when we say seek. And we need a church full of, of, I'm talking kids and teenagers. Some of you elders would be just fine to let them do your shouting. Is that all right? You've shouted and danced and praised for years. And I thank God that you do it. But our younger generation needs to walk in and say, Whew. Whew. I feel the presence. I want to set, I, I want to I address this. I know I got to stop. I, 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 hear me. Some people think, y'all are just so fanatical. You're just emotional. We all are. We're all emotional about something. You can be emotional about something, 
People that say they're not emotional are being emotional about not being emotional. You're going to be emotional about something. You are. But saying that this is all hype is ridiculous. It is not. It is not all hype. When you feel the presence of God come on you, when you feel the touch of the Holy Ghost, and you begin to travel down memory lane, and you remember it was the grace of God that picked me up. It was the grace of God that saved my... There's a bunch of our families that should not be in the church. We know that we should not be here, but His grace, His mercy found us. And so what do we do? We teach our children. That's why I never stop. You see these little kids down here? They're just jumping. I don't care if they don't know why they're jumping. You know what I'm doing? I'm letting them go from milk to table food. It's what we're doing. I don't even think they know why. We don't baptize anybody that can't tell us why. But if they're a little kid and you ask them, we've had some little kids that have looked at it and they want to be baptized. We say, well, why do you want to be baptized? And they start quoting scripture back. You better dunk that donut. If they know why, if that scripture tells us right there that they could have kings at eight, why can't we have children accept their calling at a young age? If they can be sitting in their classrooms at school talking about, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer. I wish we had the kids at school that were saying, I plan on being a preacher. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm good. I want them to know there is a progression at the table. I don't plan on you staying in this. I don't plan on you staying. You're not always going to be in the high seat. You're going to get a seat at the table. Progression. Stand with me. Progression. 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 Learning and growing and learning and growing and learning and growing and learning and growing. Same reason. Right now they're infants, but it's the same reason. You're going to send them to school. Some of you are going to homeschool them. And you're going to go through the... You're going to get there. All of you can remember this. A says... <laughs> and every now and then, instead of that, you're going to get... You're going to say, A says... And one of the kids is going to go, uh, no, 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 no. A says, ah, say it. A says, and they're about half paying attention. Ah, good, good. E says, eh. I says, eh. How many of you remember this? Remember doing this with your children? It's like, you got to get this. You got to get this. O says, ah. Pastor, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? I'm saying you got to remember the progression. It was before they ever. Remember the first time you tried to sit with your kid while they were learning to read? The, and you're, if you're like me, you were tempted to give them the word. The eh, poo, apple. It's apple. Just say apple. <laughs> it felt like a prison sentence. Say apple. The apple, yes, the apple. Woo, woo, z, woos, woos, was, 
the apple was. It's like one line took forever, right? It's like that was the whole page too. It's like seven words, the whole page. How did I pay $20 for this book? The, the apple was on the ground. <sighs> yes. Say it again. So what did it say? No, the apple was on. Just say the apple, please, for the love of God, say the apple was on the ground. And they get, but it didn't, you go from that and it's like a blink of the eye. And they're sitting there with one of their books and they're reading through it. They're not reading out loud. They're just reading to themselves. And they're reading through, getting ready for a homework assignment. And before long, they're not only reading it, but they're processing it. It was a phase. It was a stage. It was education. Everybody in this room, you'd be troubled if you go into your sixth grade child's class and the curriculum mapping that is done for them was the first grade class. And you never went in and you looked, but from first grade it stayed the same till second. And from second it stayed the same to third. And from third it stayed the same to fourth. And from fourth it stayed the same to... You understand what I'm doing here? You would be appalled if you did that. Can I tell you as families, we should be appalled if we don't expect more from year to year. From grade to grade. From level to level. And I have watched this, so I'm challenging us in my conclusion here. I have watched that we are overly excited parents to teach them about the new birth as children. But then we lose the zeal to teach them about the meat of His Word as they grow. Oh, we want them to learn. We just want them to learn somewhere else. Learn at church. Go to church. Be at church. Do. My whole month is challenging the families. Let's get back to learning together. I want to challenge the families right now with something. If you've never taught a Bible study as a family, I'm challenging you to sometime this month around your dinner table to do a Bible study together as a family. Oh, that's so old fashioned. I think it's good. I think it's right. I think it's right that we get into the Word of God. Would you throw your hands towards heaven with me? Before Samuel could ever anoint David, before Samuel would ever anoint Saul, Samuel had to learn how to hear from you, God. But before Samuel could ever learn how to hear from you, his parents had to trust the ministry. His parents had to trust him in the church. I pray you'd deposit that kind of love in our minds and in our hearts. Put it in our thought process, in our spirits. Help us to see our children not only grow physically, not only grow in secular education, but most importantly, help us to see our families grow in a love for you and a love for your word. To the parents in this room, oh God, that while we pray, they think, but my parent, my children are already beyond the home. My, my children, I pray that you would put a fresh baptism and a love for prayer and a love for your word in their home. I'm asking, oh God, for myself personally in front of this church. Let your word be consumed in my home. Let prayer 
prayer find its ways audibly recognized and echoing off the walls of my house. Help me not to reserve my prayers for only my altar experiences at church. Even at my house, oh God, let my prayers not be kept to the confines of my office, but God, let it be heard through the house. Let your word be an open, an open word in my home that we grow in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I want to pray over your families right now. If you're close to your family, I want you to just take their hand or put your arm around them. My, my, my. I don't know why. I got to say this right now. We got adults in this room. God called you to the ministry 20 years ago. He called you to ministry decades ago. And for whatever reason, you've never changed seats at the table. I don't know what it was. I don't know what choice. I don't know if it was based on career. I don't know if you felt restrained. I don't know what it was. But I'm telling you, you cannot stop growing. You cannot stop growing in God. The call of God for your life and the call of God for your family is true. It's real. It's personal. Join together with your family. I pray over you right now. God, I pray blessings on our families. On the families that are in this house. The members of Calvary Tabernacle. The, the moms that have been discouraged, I pray you'd bring encouragement. The dads that have been overwhelmed, I pray you'd bring joy and strength. The children that have not been growing in you, I pray there'd be fresh growth begin to occur. Down to the youngest infants in this room, oh God, I pray your enveloping love and your protection. And yes, God, over these families, I pray a hedge of protection. I pray you'd guard them. I pray you'd keep them physically. I pray you'd keep them mentally, emotionally. But God, I pray you'd let them grow spiritually. Let them grow in the things of God. Let them grow in their love for prayer, in their love for your word. Help our families to be strong, rooted in the gospel and in the church. In the gospel and in the church. I pray it over our families in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Say amen if you receive it today.